Okay, everybody, let's take it from the top. To all who come to this happy place, welcome. Hi-ho, everybody, and welcome back to D Plus Us, where the show about all things Disney. I'm one of your hosts, Griffin Tanel, Griffey D. Patton, with me as always, the wonderful, the amazing Mr. Mitch George. How's it going? We do not deserve Michael King. No, we do not. We are talking about this is a this, this is an episode long in the running. Like we talked about this last year, didn't do it nope. last year, and now we're back nope. this year because it is a Christmas movie. We're talking about finally the Muppet Christmas Carol. I'm just going to start it right off the bat. The greatest telling of Charles Dickens' story. I'm saying it. I'm calling it now. I'm sure we're going to have this debate over the course of this episode, but. There's only one other thing that I would put up there with it, and it might be recency bias, but it would be Spirited on Apple TV Plus, uh, starring Ryan Reynolds and Will Ferrell, because that's real fun. And I love the music. Like, okay, the other bit that we've had is that we're going to do an episode on The Greatest Showman. And that is going to happen because it's on. It's going to happen. It's going to happen in the new year. It's a New Year's resolution for me. I don't know about you. The same musical writing team that worked on that worked on or uh, Spirited. So that's it. Just for me, that style, that the theatrics of the the way the musicality of it is is something that I really like. But like this is pro, within Disney, definitely top two. Yeah, I mean, it was like the two, my two favorites. First off, I would say Spirited is its own story. Yeah, I think it's, it's, it's kind of like a to be its own. Yeah, thing. it's inspired by Christmas, a Christmas Carol. That's the only thing that leaves it out of the conversation for me. Uh, but my other favorite one is the telling of the that is like Scrooge McDuck as Scrooge and like the yeah. Disney characters. I know it's specifically from the House of Mouse Christmas special, but I know it's its own thing. <laughs> See, I know it is the VHS that me and my sister wore down when we were kids. This just shows that, the age that difference was the, That was the... I hate you. This is the uh, perfect explanation was, of the age difference, though. Tell me I'm wrong. You're not wrong. You're just an asshole. No, folks, we're going to get into everything. But of course, this is The Plus Us, the show where normally every other week we come together, talk about Disney, Disney movies, whatever. Have a good time for you. If you enjoy the show, please... Go over to YouTube. That's right. We are on YouTube now. So if you're listening to this on podcast services, please, please, please go over to the YouTube channel and give it a subscription. Uh, there is a link in the description for all uh, podcasts, and we will be tweeting. We have been tweeting nonstop about this. This is a big video project we're working on now, and it's looking great. It's new. It's fun. It's exciting, and I'm I'm so happy that we're doing this. Um, I also know we we we'll break out things on TikTok. So if you're over there where the kids are TikToking or Instagramming or all of those things, you can expect to see the same stuff broken out there as fun little clips. Um, whether it be about pants, hair, or otherwise. Now, Mitch, here's the big deal. We've got snow today. It's snowing because we're talking about Christmas. Heck yeah. I mean, also because they're calling for one of the worst snowstorms to have ever hit North America this holiday. <laughs> oh, I uh, am which, stuck in my apartment right now. I, I'm not. I just, I got home from dinner. It's raining a lot. And it's just like, oh, they called for this snowmageddon and canceled all the schools tomorrow here, at least in, in the greater Toronto area. And uh, it's just rain. So I don't know what the big deal is. And I might eat those words tomorrow, but today. You will eat those words when the Christmas grow. Because that's what's, that's what's hitting me right now. There's not a single flake of snow out there. Although it's very dark, so I cannot see right now. You're just but assuming. It's just, it's just ice. Like, I can't get out of my driveway because it's a very, very steep slope that is completely iced up. Like, I am just, I am not going anywhere until that is done and over with. Which hopefully Seems reasonable. Also, mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's the holidays, unless you've got... Traveling to do to see family and friends, have them come to you. Yeah. That's what I'm doing. I'm no. not leaving my house. Great. <laughs> no, I'm hoping I can go over to my parents' place uh, tomorrow. Fingers crossed. But yeah, if you if I did this all right, this should be coming out on Christmas Eve. Um, is it coming out so I can say one stupid joke in reference? Probably it is because Mitch, there's only one more sleep till Christmas. I love that song so much. That's where we're starting with this. Of course, folks, we are going to be talking about The Muppet Christmas Carol. Uh, It's going to be full spoilers for a movie that came out in 1992 for one of the most, like, 
well-known stories in all of literature. Like I Came don't hear I was born. I don't feel bad spoiling this movie. Hey Mitch, here's a reminder that I wasn't born when this movie came out. Um, yeah, I know, I know, I know. It hurts. It hurts so. It hurts so bad. It's. I love this movie so much. This is a yeah. There, there isn't anything to spoil here because it is the clack, the classic Dickens tale retold with Muppets. There's a and couple of spoilers, only... but they're all like stupid Muppets jokes, and they're great stupid Muppet jokes. I know people who don't like the Muppets. I'm just like, how? The Muppets are so wholesome. It's so nice. And then you have Michael Caine here giving us a a Shakespearean type performance of y'all can be Muppets and Muppet around. I'm going to treat this as a serious role. And he did. And he was awesome. There was a moment in this when I was rewatching it, which is like, I do not know how he was keeping a straight face during the, um, the song and dance for the ghost of Christmas present of like, here's a bunch of Muppets and puppets dancing around in the most like on set has to be one of the most ridiculous sights imaginable, right? And here yeah. he is with the most sour look on his face. You know what that's called? Brilliant acting. I mean, you said it best. We don't we don't deserve Michael Caine. We don't deserve him. He's too good to have graced a Muppet Christmas Carol film. But I'm so much happier that it is. It's it's so much more than just Michael Caine, though, here. It's like everybody, the, all, every bit of casting in this is perfect. Even, like, where each of the Muppets is placed in it. Like, of course, like, Gonzo is one of those things where it's like, him as Charles Dickens is, like, weirdly perfect. It's dumb, but in a Muppet way, where it's like, it's dumb and shouldn't work, but works because it's the Muppets. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those ones where it's like they did interviews of like originally they was like, okay, so Kermit's obviously going to be Charles Dickens. And like, they're like, uh, it, that doesn't really work. But I mean, the best, the best Muppet casting easily is Robin as Tiny Tim. Yeah. And I think, I think too, something of note is that this is the first Muppet production that was done after the death of Jim Henson. So Brian Henson, this is so the Jim Henson's son. This is his directorial debut. We talked a little bit before recording that he's only directed a, co- a handful of uh, of productions. This being his debut, which Michael Caine didn't know until about halfway through filming and was thoroughly impressed. Which is just goes to show what a professional Brian Henson has been. You know, in taking that mantle from his dad after his tragic passing. Um, but also looking at Steve Whitmire as having to fill those shoes. Because Jim Henson was Kermit the Frog. They're they're one and the same. And this is the first time Steve Whitmire had to, you know, fill those shoes. And I think, granted, Kermit is not the lead here, which is odd for a Muppet production. But with it, with Kermit not being the lead, there wasn't as much pressure. But even still, I think the performances uh, across the board, whether it be someone new to the role or existing uh, actors portraying these characters, just top to bottom was, you know, phenomenal. Yeah, I really do think that that was like a perfect choice, both in terms of, you know, giving Steve, Steve Whitmire the chance to really get into Kermit and become the Kermit that a lot of people fell in love with, but also to kind of give people something they didn't necessarily expect. Like, Gonzo is easily one of my favorite Muppets. I talked about this a lot when we watched um, The Muppets Haunted Mansion. Which you should yeah. all go watch that. That is fantastic and wonderful. And I don't care if it's not Halloween time; it's perfect any time of the year. Um, but like, see, you watch like, that, and then you watch Nightmare Before Christmas, and then you watch this. It's the perfect holiday transition. It's the thing of like looking at this. Like Steve Whitmire still had his work cut out for him as a puppeteer in this one, being Kermit, but also being Rizzo, Beaker, and Bean Bunny. Which also, just shout out to Bean Bunny, just in general. Bean Bunny doesn't get enough love. That's all. Um, no, I, I love this movie so much. And I think part of it is, you know, it's the Muppets. It's a Christmas Carol. But, like, I yeah, think this is I, legit one of, like, the most faithful retellings of the original story. It's pretty beat for beat, the, the, the Dickens classic Christmas Carol. Without much creative interpretation other than the musical numbers, which we'll get into and the characterization and and some of the the comedic elements I'm, I'm sure are not you know exactly yeah, what like, like, Dickens might have intended but it I think it worked like it's a kids film at the end of the day but 
like this being a Muppets production prior to Disney acquiring the Muppets IP, this feels like a like the reason why the Muppets work so like Muppets and Disney made so much sense at the time of the acquisition. Everything the Muppets have done has felt like a Disney production where it is something made for children, but written for everybody. And I think this film really is the epitome of that with having someone like Michael Caine, very excuse me, very serious, very stoic, very, you know, he, he dove into this character and he does a great job in that role. And it's something that, especially with uh, now on Disney plus, you can watch the extended version of this film, which I highly recommend you watch the extended version and not the theatrical version. Cause you get one love is gone, which is a great song, but it's not a song written for children. That is a song written for the adults in the room to understand the pain and agony and guilt that Ebenezer Scrooge has felt over the years. And it's something that is very adult. So like Disney does this great job of writing things for kids and adults. And the Henson company has done that since its inception, which is great. So good. I think this was also one of the first times that the Muppets did an adaptation for a movie rather than an original. Cause I know they followed this up with treasure Island also directed by Brian Henson, as we were talking about before the show started. But, like, the Muppets are known now for, like, there's the meme that is constantly going around Twitter, TikTok, everywhere of pick one movie, keep one actor, the rest of the people are Muppets. Which I still stand. This is the epitome of that. I still stand that John Wick with Keanu Reeves is the perfect answer to that. Uh, I do want to correct myself just before we move on is that um, this film was produced by Walt Disney Pictures. So they were involved. It was distributed by Buena Vista, which was a, a Walt Disney subsidiary at the time. So it was like at the time, the Muppet IP was not owned by Disney, but Disney was involved in the production. So it does make sense that this is something that was that that made sense for both kids to enjoy and adults to appreciate. So, yeah, this, I, I just mean, love that it, always... it goes as far back as 92, which is just crazy. That 30 years ago, they were doing this and that makes me feel. Even near the beginning of like the Muppets, the Muppets always had a really good relationship with Disney. I mean, like, one of the, like, iconic pieces of art from when Walt passed away was Kermit consoling Mickey Mouse. Yeah. It's like, I can picture it in my head ridiculously easily, and maybe that's because I'm just a nerd. But, like, it's a big one up there. Yeah, so I'm I'm going back. In, in terms of feature films, uh, there weren't any adaptations prior to Christmas Carol. I'm just looking through some of the TV specials to see if there's anything, but I'm I know they not... have stuff like um, nothing's like jumping out at fairy me. tale s- stories, but I think that was yeah, and like they've done other Christmas specials. They've done uh, there was something else in here from TV. They did a Wizard of Oz adaptation, which I've never seen and probably don't want to see. I don't know. I kind of um, want to see it. It's the Muppets. I'm a clock into it. Let's no, see. here's let's let's hit you all with some numbers before we keep going. Um, of course, as we mentioned, or just stats in general, as we mentioned, though, this was directed by Brian Henson, one of three movies uh, he had actually, like, directed. He was executive producer on a lot of stuff, particularly, <laughs> I want to shout out that he was the executive producer on Elmo and Grouchland, mostly because I just wanted to mention Elmo and Grouchland. Um, if, if I told you that the Muppets Wizard of Oz in 2005 starred... Ashanti, Jeffrey Tambor, and Quentin Tarantino. Would you believe me? Not at all. Not in the slightest. <laughs> but I know you, I know you have to be reading that off of IMDb. I'm reading it word for word from Wikipedia. Who did it play? So Ashanti was Dorothy, that makes which sense. makes sense. Jeffrey Tambor played the wizard. And Quentin Tarantino appeared as himself. Honestly, which... that sounds about right. <laughs> It seems on brand for both the Muppets and Quentin Tarantino. Like, I hate to say that's right for the Muppets, but that is perfectly Muppets. Um, Yeah, we mentioned uh, distributed by Buena Vista Pictures, uh, produced by Walt Disney. was in this too. What the hell? All right, I got to move on. Uh, Released on December 11th, 1992, with a runtime of 86 minutes. Uh, budget of Wait, can we keep can we keep watching short things for this show because it's lovely it's very nice this is the tv show the other thing i suggested was iron man 3 as a christmas movie which it is it absolutely is um and we did die hard last year which was great die hard uh, is shout out to steve and brad i'm gonna watch die hard in the next couple of days because i do it every year um but yeah maybe we'll do iron man 3 next year but i'm just like that runtime though 
this is great. Christmas movies and Iron Man 3 is like two like, and a half hours. It's always like an hour and a half. You're in, you're out. Um, yeah. yeah, budget 12 million. Speaking of an hour and a half that you're in and out of, Strange World drops on Disney Plus tomorrow as of recording. Everyone needs to go and watch Strange World. It is live now as of when this releases. Go watch As it. of release. Yes. Um, no, budget. We will be talking about it probably in a couple of weeks. No, budget 12 million, box office 27.2 million. Um, easily made its money back over time. But here's one of the interesting things about this movie. Uh, this movie, when it opened, opened in sixth place. It was not given good reviews. Uh, what was given fine. It was averaged about 6.7 out of 10. But it came out, it was up against Aladdin and Home Alone 2 lost in New York. I mean, fair. Uh, but what were the other two movies that mm. finished ahead of, or three movies that finished ahead of it would be mm, a, really gonna hack, something I'd be curious make about. Make me look this up because I was just going to I can look it up. I can look it up. Here, but come on. I mean, geez. Um, while you look that up, uh, it's worth noting that the Muppets Christmas Carol actually had two theatrical runs. Um, it had its original one and then it had a second one. And that's where the edit came in to, uh, get oh. For the month of December 1992, Muppets Christmas Carol, uh, both, I mean, sort of, uh, total gross. Let's do total gross. Okay. Uh, no, not total gross. Just gross for the month. Uh, finished seventh. Aladdin first. Home Alone 2 second. I don't think you'd be able to guess any of the other four movies. I'm not even going to try. Just hit me with these. A Few Good Men, The Bodyguard, The Distinguished Gentleman, and Forever Young. Yeah, I would never guess any of those. I am only aware of two of those films. Yeah, that's a that's a very strange top of the box office. You get to now when it's like all major budget. I'm just I mean, assuming. if I told you that looking so looking at this list, Columbia's Sony Pictures, right? Yeah. So of those seven films, given the rights of things. Four of those are Disney films now, at least <laughs> after the Fox acquisition with uh, Home Alone 2, Home with Alone, Aladdin, Home Alone Aladdin, 2. Aladdin. And The Distinguished Gentleman is apparently was distributed by Walt Disney Studios, oh, which neat. I didn't even know that. I, I'm not even aware of this movie starring Eddie Murphy. Um, But yeah, so the going back to what I was saying earlier, uh, the, when, when this movie was released in America in 1992, a song was cut. When Love Is Gone was cut. For saying, like, as we mentioned, like, hey, we want to make this a little more kid-friendly. And man, does it make the ending of this so movie confusing. Yeah. <laughs> this is my biggest let's do issue. A, let's, do a let, let's do a reprise of a, of a song that wasn't featured in the theatrical version of this film. Also, like, we have, like, a very specific, like, emotional turnaround point with this song being the opposite being the antithesis to the original song. This was like, why would you do this the way you did this? Yeah. Uh, I just, it's one of those things that is like, I don't understand the decision here. Like I understand trying to make things more kid friendly. That was not how you made things more kid friendly in this. I understand at the time, like Disney was weird. Like the early nineties, especially like everything, like after Aladdin, little mermaid up to like, emperor's new groove i would say disney got a little too hands-on with everything <laughs> yeah and didn't let their creators create i mean that's how they fell and out of the disney renaissance exactly and i feel like this kind of came out at that time where they had started to tinker especially the fact that they were working uh like disney was distributing it wasn't their ip it wasn't something that they were involved in the creative process for i i, I assume that we got to a point where you know People wanted a hand in the basket, and one of those hands was, hey, let's make this movie two minutes shorter by cutting an integral song and pissing off uh, Brian Henson. Yeah, it was a bad that'll, that'll That'll go well. Um, Worth noting in this, this song performed by Meredith Braun. Meredith Braun, who is only in this movie for a short while, but steals the damn show. So when I was watching this, for whatever reason, and I know the age didn't work, so it shouldn't have been my, where my brain went. I always think that the young version of Michael Caine is Lee Pace. And I don't know why. 
It, if you look at, like, the dude looks like Lee Pace. No, I can see it. It's just still a little bit mind-boggling. Yeah. And then I went and looked at the credits. I'm like, oh, no, I'm dumb. That's all I got. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk about the music some more before we, and before we jump into the actual songs. Um, I want to talk about the writer. Uh, let's talk about Paul Williams. Paul Williams, known for a lot of stuff. Uh, he did a lot of things even there, you know, Stars Born, uh, worked on a lot of different movies. But I think his biggest work was probably with the Muppets. Um, particularly, he's the one who wrote with Jim Henson, uh, Rainbow Connection. Yeah. So the dude knows what he's doing with this music. Like, he's real, real, real good at it. And I think that really shows in some of the music here. Like, I told you I was going to ask you an impossible question, Mitch, which is you have to pick, by the end of the episode, a favorite song in this. And it really is impossible. It is, yeah, every yeah. song is so good. Every song is a good choice. So, I mean, for me, I've always had, I have a soft spot for Marley and Marley, just because, I mean, now as an adult, not so much from when I was younger, because my my wife and I, whenever we watch The Muppets, um... Statler and Waldorf are her favorite characters because they remind her so much of her own uncles. So we call them the uncles. They're not even, they're not even Statler. Like I Googled Muppet uncles and was thankfully directed to the right page, but they, they are nobody's mu- uncles in the Muppets, but for us, they're the uncles. In no, the they're Muppets, just two so. crotchety old guys in the theater. And who doesn't love two crotchety old guys? So a song about them and I don't know, performed by them the is, uh, that's also very true. But these are wholesome uncles. They aren't the they aren't the kind of uncles that you go to Christmas dinner for and just don't want to hear talk the whole time. Dude, these are the crotchety old uncles I that tell you to them. shut the shut the front door and just get back to eating turkey. Dude, we have like even with them, we have one of the funniest lines in this movie to me, which is when Marley and Marley show up, and um, Scrooge is like, "Don't ridicule me anymore. We weren't ridiculing you. We were heckling you." Yeah, because that's what but they do. That's, that's their, their jobs. They heckle. And, like, it doesn't matter where they are. They are always hilarious. Like, one of my favorite things from the from Stadler and Waldorf is the show at Walt Disney World that they just make fun of for a solid 20 minutes. I, Muppet Vision 3D is one of my favorite things at Walt Disney World Resort. And if they ever announce that that is closing, I am going to have to book a trip before that closes because it will be such a disappointment. To see that little piece of Muppet history leave the parks. Uh, and I know I freaked you out today with that TikTok I sent you about Rock and Roller Coaster, which was Dude, really you, funny. You didn't even freak me out. I was just confused. You were, and then you weren't. And I'm glad that it worked the way I wanted it to. I, okay, for reference here, folks, Mitch sent me a TikTok that was someone messing with people saying that Rock and Roller Coaster was going to get rethemed from Aerosmith to Queen. Which would actually be freaking awesome. Um, it would be, but I would I would miss Aerosmith. I think I mean, that music really really suits the the coaster. Oh yeah, Aerosmith is one of my favorite bands ever. So that would really be a bummer. But the confusing right, thing did me, I ever did I ever tell you that the first concert I ever saw was Aerosmith and Motley Crue? No, but I feel like you're just giving me fuel to the fire for old jokes. They were old at the time. It was not very good, but it was still my first concert. That's still pretty great. Though. Please, now, um, please no, I was really confused, though, because it said that this was posted two days ago. And I'm like, huh. If this was announced two days ago, I would have heard about this by now. What? It, what? <laughs> I have my I think finger the problem is there is, on the pulse in this one. There, there is a... There, there is a party that knows one day you're going to see a video or a, 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 a post or a news article that it's going to happen because it happened in Paris. They rethemed rock and a roller coaster featuring Aerosmith into an Iron Man roller coaster as part of their Avengers campus. And I didn't expect us to talk about the parks as much today, but here we are. We always uh, do so this. I do. I do feel like the licensing on that Aerosmith deal will run out and they'll have to do something. I don't know what it's going to be. I assume it's going to be an IP. Um, but we'll see. Yeah, I'm assuming that whole back area is going to eventually get changed to an IP based area, but that's, Not much you can do with Phantasmic me. back there, though. That's the only thing. I mean, you could make it about shows because you have Tower of Terror there. And it's all about Twilight Zone. But that's not Yeah, I think that – I think whatever they do, like, I don't know. The current working theory for people is cars because they have, like, a cars area next to Rock and Roller Coaster. But Yeah, or, like, a Pixar thing. Always happy for more Pixar. 
Yeah, I mean, Pixar Pier, DCA, pretty great. Uh, bringing it back, though, if I had to pick a song here, I probably would pick One More Sleep Till Christmas. Um, yeah, it is like, it's just joy. It is such a happy song, and it's one of my favorite moments is Kermit looking up at the stars. At the same time, like, I did not expect to love um, It Feels Like Christmas as much as I did when we were yeah. watching this. Yeah. Especially... There's just there's just something about the Muppet music in general. Like it just it does something emotionally, and it always has. It's why I own the vinyl for the Muppet movie on like in the other room. And if that doesn't, you know, is that the Muppet? You have the Muppet Christmas Carol vinyl, of course you do. Yeah, I did. Not, we are the same. Even... We are the same person. Just you wear a beanie most times, and I have a beard. <laughs> yeah. No, I I was trying to get the Muppet movie one too but i didn't have the money for it when it came out <laughs> i'm glad i did because i don't i, did I, I don't think the, i can spend any more money on vinyl i just got honest. delivered recently and we should eventually do a t- episode about the show but i got the gravity falls vinyl and see i'm like i was too old for gravity falls so like i haven't watched any of that show we will eventually do an episode on the owl house too by the way i keep t- saying oh i know i know i watched the first couple of episodes of that i need to i need to continue at this that, point but... i'm kind of waiting for it to wrap up because uh, it should be wrapping yeah. up by the end of 2023. Well, I just wrapped up what's on Disney Plus, at least in Canada, of what we do in the shadows, the the Taika Waititi series, based on the film that he made about vampires, and it's really funny. Very, very good. That's all I got. Um, another. Let's. We might as well just go through the rest of the uh, the music in this one. Yeah. Um, because I really want to talk about uh, because we're not going to go through the plot. The plot is Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol. You know the plot. We're going to talk about the plot. The plot, but really, it's just going to be us laughing at Gonzo and and uh, Rizzo the whole time. Uh, yeah, we don't even have to talk about the plot. Just Gonzo and Rizzo. Great, we're good. Um, uh, no, I want to talk about Bless us, Bless us all. Yeah, a, a song that frankly I'd kind of forgotten about until rewatching it, but this just cements that Robin is one of my favorite Muppets. Yeah, like this. Freaking little frog is adorable in every possible way. Yeah, they can't. They they you you think that they can't do anything to make you you know more enamored with this child frog, and they go and make him tiny Tim and just make him the most adorable thing in the world. Which is just how how do they keep doing this and it works every goddamn time? Dude, tiny Tim in general is like that character that you always love. Like the one I go back to is the um, everyone roots for the underdog, right? Is the other Disney one with the Disney proper characters, and having like the little version of the little like Mickey, yeah, Mickey's kid or whatever. Tim, it's like it's so adorable. Yeah, it's like I don't e- I don't even know who you are. I've known you for five minutes, and I would protect you with my life. My little brother, um, back when he was really young. You would used to come down on Christmas Eve dinner, like come down the stairs and just be like, I'm coming, father. I'm coming. And it was always the funniest thing because it was like, we all know what you're getting at here. You're not doing a good job of selling this, but it's absolutely no. adorable. So we're going to roll with it. See, I was that kid that everyone hated Christmas morning because I was the kid that was up at 6, 630. Be like, we're opening gifts now, right? And now we're at a point where my sister likes to sleep in till 11, 11.30. But I have two families to see on Christmas now being married. So it's like, nah, we got to be doing this stuff at like 8 in the morning. Otherwise, we ain't going to have time until like 8 at night. You got to choose one or the other. Yeah, you're out of that life of like, okay, we got to do this. We got to do this. We got to stay on schedule. Down to the goddamn minute. No, I'm like, I'm going to wake up in the morning. Actually, I have to do a little bit of work in the morning on Christmas, unfortunately. But after I do that. Which that hopefully- shouldn't be legal. I mean, I've, look, I need the hours, so. No, after I do that, which I should be doing that before any of the rest of my family is awake, because that's how my job works. Um, Time zones are fun. It is make a cup of coffee, make some breakfast, hang out, relax a little bit. By the way, folks, Row on the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. This episode, folks, is going to be just as much about what we do for Christmas as it is. 100%. This is the Christmas tradition episode of D Plus Us, because it's just the two of us. And we're going to fill time, and it's going to be great. We're not going to fill too much time. I feel like this is still going to be on the shorter side because YouTube likes shorter videos. We still have one more episode to record tonight. So we will also that. Keeping it on the shorter we can side. always do it another night. It doesn't matter. Which reminds me, folks, go listen to that other episode. We are currently talking about National Treasure uh, Edge of History. Great show. Highly recommend. They make fast and furious. Yeah, I'm having fun. Um, trying to think what other music we got. We got Thankful Heart, uh, the big Michael Caine 
musical number. Yeah. Which is another one that's fun. Also, a lot of more fo- a lot of fo- weird focus on a Bean Bunny for some reason. Still yeah. happy about it. Um let's see, we've got uh Benson and Honeydew. Benson Honeydew and Beaker did have a song, but it got deleted. Which is just a bummer. Like I get you know, movie can only be so long. But anything with, with uh Honeydew and Beaker is always fantastic. I love Beaker. Especially when they're blowing each other up. That's always fun. Dude, the moment when Beaker gives Scrooge his scarf. It's so it's so good. Single tear. It is that like wonderful, heartwarming Christmas crap. Like, it's just perfect. It shouldn't work, but it does. Um, not necessarily a you know unique song on this one. Uh, but I do want to also talk about Fothwig's party. Mostly because it is Dr. Teeth and the Electric Mayhem playing the party. And I love that they found a way to give Animal his drum solo. Like, they had to find some way to put it in there, and they did a very good job of putting it in there. Yeah, which just reminds me we're getting Muppets Mayhem next year, and that makes me happy. Do we know when that's coming out? May. May. It's gonna be May. Oh, man. I just hope nothing else comes out around that time. I know something's going to, but... But we're still going to do that one weekly because oh, we absolutely. have to. Mm-hmm. Dude, speaking of it's it's going to be May. Uh, I found the greatest use of that song as a joke. Um, if you haven't listened to it yet, folks, I highly recommend going and listening to the uh, soundtrack for Anne Juliet. It's a Broadway musical. But straight up, one of the characters is named May. And they use it to make a, like, I'm choosing to date this character joke. Yeah. Um, like, they break out and start singing it. It's one of the funniest of things to me. Anytime that joke happens, it's great. Um, our finale. We know the finale. It's worth mentioning. We kind of already talked about it already. A little bit, yeah. Uh, one more sleep till Christmas. Um, oh, it looks like you're like a uh, Sam Eagle. Originally had a song that got deleted. He has his. He has his moment. Mm-hmm. Dude, that was another like hilarious moment where it's like it's the American way. Sam, British. the British way. <laughs> I love those kind of fourth wall breaks that the Muppets try to do with the productions like this, especially with a character like Sam the Eagle. Uh, there's there's moments in here where there are goofs like you see Scrooge turn on a lamp, which is clearly an electric lamp at the time. They wouldn't have had electricity, but it's one of those things of like it's meant to mimic a stage production. So in those cases, you would have gaffes like that, which is fun. And kind of breaks the fourth wall in that way, which makes it feel like, oh, it's the Muppets putting on this production. It's not the production featuring the Muppets, if that makes sense. You know, it's like they're they're putting on this stage production as opposed to just it's a movie they've done and the Muppets are playing various characters. They're playing those characters because it's a production of Christmas Carol, yeah, which all, I think is really great. Every Muppets production is just kind of shot that way. It is. It's a stage production. And like it, this goes back to the roots of the Muppets show, and it's just something that I love so much that I really hope I want more people to experiment with. It's such a fun style, and that's absolutely the Broadway nerd coming out in me. Yeah, gotten a little bit obsessive about Broadway lately. In case you couldn't tell by you know my constant talking about Broadway lately, <laughs> um, no, nah, it's it's a really fun way of doing it. And like you see that within like the music, within the dialogue, within the the jokes. Um, yeah. The other thing I forgot to mention with this music, by the way, folks, is that this uh, got onto the Billboard 200. Uh, this album made it to 189 on the Billboard 200 chart. Just a fun. Should have gone higher. Mm-hmm. Um. Meanwhile, when love is gone itself, I think got a little higher. Also, I'm realizing by going through the Wikipedia for this that. This movie was printed on Laserdisc. Excuse me while I go throw myself off a cliff. I'm going to just need a compilation of every time I've reminded uh, reminded Mitch about how old he is on this episode. I feel like I've aged five years since we started recording this podcast. Um, No, I think we've kind of hit everything except for the plot at this point. It's only been 35 minutes. But yeah, I mean, like this is a this is a classic. This is a every year watch for me. Like I, I actively yeah look forward to watching this. So what I I'm curious, Griffin. What are your must watch holiday movies? Um, there's three. There was originally two, 
but I have since added after watching it this year, Guardians Gal- Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special to that list because as one does so much. Uh, it's this yeah. one, and then it's Elf. Okay. Uh, other ones that get tossed in there time to time is generally my family being Disney nerds. Mickey's Once and Twice Upon a Christmas. Mm-hmm. Personally, I prefer Once Upon a Christmas over Twice Upon a Christmas. But, you know, to each their own. I like 2D animation. Um, yeah. Along those lines, we'll also watch um, Santa Claus, Home Alone. Uh, my family, much to my chagrin, uh, love watching Hallmark Christmas movies. Welcome to the club. I hate it so much. They're all the same plot of girl who has job in corporate big city must go to small town hometown where she must do job and reconnects with boy she was with in relationship in early years and then they rekindle the relationship and then she has to choose between her her career and the man she loves and finds a way to do both because that's how everything ends it's a goddamn happy ending carmen those movies are terrible also, like, for some reason, 80% of them take place in a bakery. Or they take place in a call uh, in a town called Holly or Something Mistletoe. Or, yeah. It, <sighs> it's, I hate them. But Our like, house I, is full of that goddamn red holiday truck. It's on everything. We've got pillows. We've got a wreath. We've got a doormat. It's all the damn red truck. Look, I love the red stuff for Christmas. I got to pick my own Christmas decorations this year. I looked at that truck and just said, no, absolutely not. (laughs) See, I looked at it and said, whatever you'd like. (laughs) Uh, The perks of being, being alone. Um, I said what I said, Um, but yeah, no, it's funny. I will like, I'll literally like be doing my own thing while they have it on and I'll walk down, see what's happening, say exactly what's going to be happening in the next two, three minutes, walk off. Sure enough, it exactly happens as I say it. The stuff is so, it's so formulaic. It's funny too, because I know there's been instances of people like creating AI models that watch all of these movies and then can then write the script to their own. And it is very close to what any of these other things could do. So if there's any good use of chat GPT, it would be the, to write, actually, you know, I'm going to go there right now and see if it'll write me a script for a Hallmark channel. Honestly, I bet you, I would not be surprised if there was an AI element to Hallmark's Christmas movies uh, that they just don't talk about, but who knows? I'm trying to think of other Christmas stuff. Um, Particularly, I mentioned it earlier, love watching um, the House of Mouse Christmas special. That's one where we have it on DVD. And like make a point to go through it every year. Is it not on Disney Plus? I thought it was. None of the House of Mouse stuff is on Disney Plus, and uh, mm. it is a shame Disney get on that. Like I get why they haven't. I mean, most of it is like it's most of its interstitial stories to get to a lot of the popular Disney shorts that are already on Disney Plus. Yeah, but like the the what made House of Mouse so special was those interstitial moments. Was the all these Disney cartoons hanging out in a nightclub equivalent that was just everyone watching cartoons. I mean, Mickey's Christmas Carol is on, at least here. Yeah. And that was one of those, right? Mm-hmm. Well, it, yeah, it was one of them. Like, all every short that showed up on that show is available on Disney+. Plus. It's just that the show itself is not. Because the show repurposed a bunch of old shorts, essentially. Something about saving production costs. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Bringing it back to Christmas, though, what are some of your go-tos? Oh, my God. It's writing me a script for an original Harmonic Channel Christmas movie. Okay, I we're getting to that. that run. Give me your original script. It's first. called A Christmas Wish, oh, which... Yeah. Uh, so, in our house, um, this is a must-watch. Um, the Guardian special also will go on that list. Die Hard, as much as people want to say, including Bruce Willis. I want to say it is not a Christmas movie. In my house, it is. Um, I do try to watch Iron Man 3. Um, in terms of traditional Christmas films, the Illumination version of How the Grinch Stole Christmas is one that gets watched a lot. My a wife really loves Illumination. I uh, can't wait for that Mario movie to rip Chris Pratt's performance apart. But uh, no, we love Illumination, so that's that's all. That's a lot of fun. Um 
I'm trying to think what else. Uh, a lot of the classics we like to watch. So like when they're on TV, we'll throw on Frosty or or the OG animated uh, How the Grinch Stole Christmas. All those shorter like from the 50s and 60s, those specials. So like Rudolph, um, uh, Santa Claus is coming to town. All the all the old ones. I will say um, shout out to a Charlie Brown Christmas. Because Charlie the Brown thing Christmas about it is, is one, yeah. we never mean to watch it on Christmas. It just but it's, it always makes its way onto the TV somehow. <laughs> the one that always makes its way onto our TV, now that it's a thing on Disney Plus, is the Arendelle Yuletide log. Because oh my, my mom's same. always saying, hey, we need to put a fireplace on the TV. And rather than putting on one that has the Christmas music we've been listening to on a loop for the last 28 days, uh, thank God that we got the Guardian specials. I was able to add a couple of new songs to the playlist. <laughs> Um, but that's the one I throw on because it's just a fireplace in the background and you occasionally get Olaf. Like it's it's Dude, it's my... nice and it's kind of nicer than going to YouTube and throwing on one of those because those tend to have ads. And thankfully, you're already paying for an ad free Disney Plus experience. So, yeah, my mom is the same way of like having to have like, wanting to always have like a Yule log on, which is the funniest thing to me because our TV is above a fireplace that is on. I don't understand it. But oh yeah, God, Disney. This, this, this plot is great. Disney Plus weirdly has like a couple of really good logs. So this Chat GPT uh, plot that it created for a Hallmark Channel original Christmas movie, the girl's boss is named Mister Scrooge. This is great. I'm going to need you to give us a. I'm going to share list. this. Don't worry. I will. I will share this. This is a thing now. But I do want to quickly shout out before we jump into that the. Uh, logs that it does have because both of them are frozen related yeah and mostly it's because it's a normal one and then just a paper mache one yeah the paper mache one based on the second film but also the one we throw on a lot really is just the uh disney parks sunrise series i i didn't even know that was a thing so it's literally just this is all it is it's just music over um videos of the sun rising over uh, the Castle of Magic Kingdom, the Tree of Life at Animal Kingdom, and the Epcot Ball. That's it. That's Wait, this is, it is on Disney Plus? Yeah. I don't... What? Sunrise series. I don't I know... Like, oh my god, it is. It just kind of just dropped. Like, they didn't really say anything about it. But it always makes its way onto the TV whenever we have, like, a bunch of people together. Because it's just this fun... I should definitely do this. Now that it's a thing. Yeah, it's just Magic Kingdom, Animal Kingdom, and Epcot mm-hmm. for an hour. Huh. Right? It's just like, oh, okay. Today I learned. I mean, we got that. We have, like, fly-throughs of Star Wars ships in places. Like, they, like, nailed it on, like, the casual, just throw it on your TV and leave it there content. All right. Mitch, I want you to hit me with this uh, AI-written Hallmark movie. You want to do this on the show? I, I want you, to, DM it I to, want you to give me like, give me the spark notes of this one. Okay. Uh, opens on a vista of a bustling city street with carolers, the aroma of chestnuts filling the air protagonist trudging through the, through the snow, Emily, a young ambitious event planner rushing to finish preparations for her company's big holiday party. Her boss, Mr. Scrooge demands she work through the holiday to meet an impossible deadline. Her holiday spirit is crushed. As she walks home dejected, she passes a group of carolers singing about the magic of Christmas. She tries and keeps going until she sees a flyer for the annual Christmas wish tree at the town square. Tree is a tradition where people write their wishes on paper ornaments, hang them on the tree, hoping that one wish will come true. Inspired by the tree and the carolers' message, she decides to make a wish of her own. She writes down her wish to have a true stress-free Christmas and hangs it on the tree. Oh, dear God. This As is the days like, count this down. Is perfect. As the days count down to Christmas, Emily finds herself caught in the holiday spirit despite her grueling work schedule. She starts to believe that her wish on the tree might actually come true. Meanwhile, we're introduced to her love interest, Jack, a charming, kind-hearted Santa impersonator who works at the town square. He's struggling to keep the magic of Christmas alive for the town's children, but his boss, a cynical Grinch-like character, is threatening to shut down Santa's, the Santa's Village attraction. As their paths cross more and more frequently, they start to develop feelings for each other. But with Emily's job and Jack's uncertain career future, it seems like a relationship between them might not be possible. 
On Christmas Eve, everything comes to an head. Emily's boss gives her an ultimatum, either work through the holiday or lose her job. She's torn, but ultimately decides to stand up for herself and her values. She quits her job and with a new, newfound sense of freedom, heads to the town square to spend the holiday with Jack and the children at Santa's village. As they celebrate together, Emily's wish on the Christmas wish tree comes true. She finally has a stress-free, magical Christmas she always wanted. She and Jack share a romantic kiss under the twinkling lights of the tree. It's clear that this holiday season has brought them more than just good cheer. It's brought them love. They nailed that. Nailed it. That was it's weirdly so like perfectly hallmark. So <laughs> oh man, you can tell this is an episode where we don't have much to do with the plot. So just be no. like, let me hit that plot quick. It's a Christmas. Should I generate Christmas. another one? No, no, because that's all we're going to do for the rest of the night is just go through. All I'm doing for the rest of the night when we finish recording. <laughs> do me a favor, though, and send me that one, because that's a TikTok. We just I just I TikTok. just refreshed it. So oh, boo. great. You you okay. can be the one then to write it all out. Um, no, no, I'm getting a new one. This one's called A Christmas Miracle, starring Lily, a successful event planner. Again with the event planners. No, um, <laughs> this is it is the story of a Christmas Carol. It's everything you expect it to be. I think the most notable parts about this is that it is, uh, kind of Greek chorus style, narrated by Gonzo as Charles Dickens and Rizzo the Rat, telling jokes, having a good time. Some of the some hilarious jokes here, like one of my favorites being Rizzo and his uh, his like bag of jelly beans. Like he gets throw, he jumps off of the gate and then just walks back through the gate. A lot of wonderful jokes like that. Uh, another one of the big things to point out here is that all of the ghosts, uh, Christmas past, past, present, and yet to come, are all unique puppets to this movie. Yeah, which I think was the right call. I know early cuts of the film had, I think it was Kermit, Miss Piggy, and Gonzo as the three spirits. Um, but I, I really like the roles they gave them within this production. So I think using original puppets for those roles made sense. Yeah. I think it was kind of needed for this one. Um, Cause those are like, those are such iconic characters within this piece. They, they need to be shown that, that kind of level of respect. And I think it was the best way, especially for the ghost of um, ghosts of past and yet to come. Like, I love the ghost of Christmas present. He's fantastic and wonderful. But like the effects for the Ghost of Christmas Past look still to this day look amazing. This this movie just in general holds up really really well. But like the foreboding presence of the of Christmas yet to come that is needed for that terrifying future presence, you can't really do that with any of the typical Muppets cast. Like, it would just kind of become a joke. There's, there's, I can't think of anyone that's even really that intimidating. I mean, yeah, it's like you got, it, nightmare, it, would, but... it, it would be more comedic than anything. Yeah. Right. Which I think would be fine. But, but at the end of the day, I think the decisions they made were the right decisions for the production. I think the thing about this movie, like the reason why that it was such a good decision is this movie is not a comedy. It's no. just it just has a lot of jokes in it. It is fully a drama. And it is it is great for that. But yeah, yeah. Scrooge is a jerk. Bob Cratchit is Kermit. Scrooge goes to gets a awoken by his business partners, Jacob and Robert Marley, played by the Statler and Waldorf. Uh he goes to sleep. MVPs of the film. Just saying it now. He gets visited by goes to Christmas present, sees his Young childhood where he was very lonely but didn't want to admit it. Um, working under Mr. Fozzywig, Fozzy the Bear, where this is like the only major deviation from the uh, from the book where it is a rubber chicken factory. That's it. That's I mean, the only deviation. It's fine. It's fine. And it's kind of perfect. Yeah. Um, there at that Christmas party, that's when he meets Belle and falls in love. And then we immediately get our hearts broken. <laughs> um, another one of like, there is a, the, one of the most heartbreaking lines to me of this entire part is um, when the ghost of Christmas past is like, there was another Christmas with her. He's like, I remember that. Do not show me that. Please, 
And I love, like, it's been, I don't think we watched this last year because there was a lot going on with the holidays and us doing the show and wanting to watch Die Hard earlier than usual. It really threw a wrinkle into our normal holiday plan. So it's been a couple of years since I've seen it. And watching the extended version here as opposed to the theatrical version was such, like, it was the right call. This this is the only version of this movie you should watch. Because that that scene and the extension of that scene and the song, it breaks your heart in the way it's supposed to. Yeah, don't watch the original version. If you are going to go back and watch this after you've listened to us talk about this for 50 minutes, um, go and do extras, go down and find it there. And that's how you watch this movie. Unfortunately, they haven't changed that. I don't think they're going to change that. But no, that is it would be great to see it as two different entries. Like they've been doing all these sing-along versions. Just make the extended version its own its, its own separate entry and maybe more people will find it. I know I had to dig for it. And it, what, what's worse, too, is if you've been watching one of these versions under the extras tab. So I think this is also a problem if you're trying to watch the original version of, let's say, the Marvel films. They're enhanced for IMAX. If you want to watch the original version, it's the same idea. You have to go into extras and pick the version. And it doesn't tell you in the continue watching section that that's what you were watching. So you have to go yeah. dig for it again okay. and start it again from the extras, which is a bit of a drag. So, I know so Disney, when you when you catch up on this, because now we're on YouTube, so everyone's going to see it. When you catch wind of this, please fix that. I thought we didn't want please? Disney to see us. I thought we were trying to be under the radar. I mean, fair. No, um, I know that used to be a thing, though, with the Marvel movies, that they used to show up on their continued watching, even if it wasn't the IMAX version. So I do hope that is something that they fix. That does... Yeah. That's something that very much feels like a bug. Well, I not even a bug. It feels like um, like it's a it was a stretch goal or something in getting the features launched. And it's just one of those things that's probably on the roadmap of enhancements, but it's not necessarily a bug because it's still it's not something that's like degrading the viewer experience to an ex, to a, a large degree. It is very much a, a a Griffin and Mitchell problem of wanting to see this version and have it pop up in our continue watching feed. But it would be nice to see that fixed. Two nerds that are also like very particular about how, about user software experience and software. Yeah. Um, let's see. Ghost of Christmas past. Oh yeah. Uh, as Scrooge is crying, the ghost of Christmas past just fucks off. Like, nah, you good. <laughs> it's like, we'll talk you're later. traumatized. Perfect. I'm out of here. Um, that's when uh, Ghost of Christmas Prince shows up. He's he's wonderful. He's awesome. He's having a good time. He's chilling. Uh, he loves Christmas. We get a song. Uh, we see Fred's house. They're just brutally roasting Scrooge. It, it is not nice. It is no. hilarious, but not nice. Um, we then go over to Bob Cratchit's house. We learn about his family. Um... We get another, pretty much every scene Tiny Tim is in is absolutely adorable, but this is one of the best ones of him nope. on Kermit's shoulder as they're singing the, uh, coming down the street, singing the Ghost of Christmas Presents song. He, like, Tiny Tim is singing it while, uh, Kermit is scatting it to have it under him. It's adorable and great. Um, the Ghost of, they go along that stuff. We get another song from Tiny Tim there. Uh, Scrooge kind of learns about all this of like, oh, I don't pay Bob Cratchit that much, do I? And like he fought so hard not to give his employees Christmas Day off. What? Okay, going back to that scene, though, the rats in that scene. <laughs> Freaking hilarious. Yeah. Like, it's another one of those, like, perfect Muppet jokes. So, like, they're all talking about how cold it is. Scrooge threatens to fire them. It cuts back, and they're all in Hawaiian shirts and coconut bras. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we learn about this. We learn about Tiny Tim's illness, of how he's super sick, and it's probably not going to make it to next Christmas. Uh, this kid's going to die. Uh, Scrooge, rightfully so, is like, uh, shit, we got to change this. Um, as they're talking, the ghost of Christmas present quacks him to a cemetery where he is beginning to age and disappear. Um, he's like, has one final word to him of just like, Hey, next is going to be a little scary. Just listen to what the dude has to say. Just trust me on this one. And then he disappears. Um, and the ghost of Christmas yet to come shows up 
Very tall, no words, clutch figure. Which also, just to bring it back, shout out again to Spirited for the way they used it. It's secretly Tracy Morgan under the hood. Yeah, it's hilarious. (laughs) Obviously, all the ghosts of Christmas in that movie. Go watch Spirited. Um... The ghost of Christmas yet to come does this pointing thing, points at a lot of things. Scrooge gets very concerned about the future. Again, a lot of people just making fun of Scrooge. Kind of a consistent thing in this movie. Um, he sees the uh, the family mourning uh, Tiny Tim. Um, then he goes back to the cemetery and sees his own grave. Uh, he vows to change his ways. Wakes up Christmas morning. Uh, we get another song. He is super happy to, you know, be alive. He's got another lease on life. If Spirited has told us anything, though, he was only got like another week or two before he croaks. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, this was like, what, the 30s, 1930s, 1940s, somewhere yeah. in there. Life expectancy was a thing. Long. I was going to say, life expectancy wasn't long back then. No. Um, singing songs, he gets really happy. He goes, um, Reconciles with all of his family and friends. Goes to the Cratchit house. Uh, Miss Piggy just beats the crap out of him mentally. Uh, when he's like, then offers for the uh, the uh, pay raise. And she's like, oh, uh, oh, 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 okay, I'm going back inside. Um, we get this wonderful ending. Uh, and then we jump into the uh, finale song. Um, we get a little bit of narration from Gonzo at the end here about how uh, Scrooge essentially becomes the second father to Tiny Tim, who is got well again. Uh, we get a fi- finale song here, which is a reprise of When Love is Found. Call- uh, called When Love is Found, the antithesis to When Love is Gone, uh, which is mashed up with It Feels Like Christmas. Uh, and that is the end of the movie. Again, 89, 86 minutes. You're in and you're out. It's a great time. Easy afternoon viewing. I had it on while I was wrapping Christmas gifts. It was uh, the right background noise for that activity. That's for sure. I turned it on this morning just while I was drinking my morning coffee. As one does. Mm -hmm. It is just, it's that perfect chill, watch a good movie. Um, I'm trying to think of any other like fun Muppets to kind of call out here in this, but I think we kind of hit most of them. Yeah, I think we got this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess it's worth noting that this is one of the rare, rare Muppet movies that has Fozzie, Fozzie, oh, wow, Fozzie's mom in it. Yeah. Like, she just doesn't show up that much, so that's kind of fun. Uh, that's really about it. Go watch your Muppet. Can't wait till the next, I mean, next Muppets thing, Muppets Mayhem in the new year. That'll be fun. Hopefully we get another Muppet holiday special at some point because Haunted Mansion was great. Christmas Carol is awesome. Just do a Christmas Carol reprise and bring back Michael Caine as Scrooge and we'll be happy. Dude, that they could literally remake this movie today with Michael Caine and I would be happy. Dude, I would love it if they remade it, right? It's a different Shot for shot. Different character playing Scrooge, right? Hear me out. No, no, no. You have Michael Caine play Scrooge. Hear, hear me out. I basically, I, just, I, I feel like they do need to give someone else another shot here. But I have know. it, But have okay. it open. Princess Bride style. And Michael Caine. He's the one, one telling the story. Is the one reading it, yeah. But he's reading it to um Walter, the Muppet. Yeah. Because why not? Because we have all these modern Muppets that we'd have to put in there somehow. Exactly. There's too many damn Muppets these days. That's why you have these focused shows. There's only like three uh, three new ones. I mean, I like the having a series of focus on the electric mayhem, I think is a really good call. And we'll be, I'll be interested to see how that turns out in the new year. I am super excited for us to talk about that, but that is in the future. Mitch, if people want to keep up with us until then, where can people find us? We are all over the internet now, including YouTube and TikTok at D plus us. Griffin is everywhere at Griffy D pet. That's G R I F F I D P A D. I am all over the internet at Mr. Mitch George. That's M R Mitch George links at mitchgeorge.com likes comments shares tell your grandma around the christmas or hanukkah goose that you know you listen to a great podcast y'all should all tell your whole family that they should be listening to our show because we love chatting with y'all and and hanging out and chatting and having a good time and those likes comments shares really do mean a heck of a lot to us yeah happy holidays folks whether you are out there celebrating or if it isn't your favorite time of the year and you are doing your own thing, we thank you for hanging out with us. 
it, it really does mean the world to us that you would be willing to come and chill with us for an hour, regardless of what the heck stupid stuff we're talking about on any given episode. Like generating a Hallmark Channel original Christmas movie plot from ChatGPT. Yeah, I'm going to have to, when I'm editing, editing this, have to cut that one out. Um, Don't you dare. No, to break it out. So that it, oh, break we it can out. Post okay. It. Okay. We do videos. We do videos now, Mitch. I have to think. About right. This we now. have clips. <laughs> no, uh, go check out our other stuff. Like I mentioned, uh, we do have an episode up about the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. We also are doing weekly episodes for National Treasure Edge of History, and we have a bunch of previous stuff on the audio feeds. Uh, we are I was only... say, if you are watching this on YouTube, we're not going to do the historical stuff on YouTube unless there's a, a high demand for it. It's just going to be everything going forward is going to go to YouTube and stuff. So look forward. If to you it. are going back to audio episodes, I recommend going back and listening to the Hawkeye episodes right now, given that it is the season. Forgot to mention, that's another thing I rewatched because of Christmas time. But also I should have. I just kind of ran out of time. It was also because my Marvel rewatch kind of lined up well. So I may I'm, like I've, I'm off tomorrow. I might just rewatch it all day tomorrow while I'm cleaning the house. It's a great, great show. Highly which means I won't clean the house, which is even better. Give us, a, give us a season two. Um, yeah, that's all we got for this episode. Go listen to our other stuff. Go chill with us another time. Have a happy holiday. So until next time, have a magical day. <laughs>